Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day. I'm going to be doing an interview with John Gashilla soon, and I also did an interview earlier on in the last two weeks with Steve Boland. I also plan to do an interview with Sandra Hovind, which I think is going to be really fascinating. We're going to do a lot of catching up. I love her and me and some Kent Hovind, so I think that that's going to be awesome. And who knows, maybe he'll even pop in for a moment whenever I'm doing the interview and share some of his views and ideas on the interview. Well, we'll see. Some of you may not realize this, but I've been spending a lot of time with Muslims. I've been hanging out in their rooms. I've been hanging out with a guy called Dawah, who does a room called The Hot Seat, where Muslims and atheists, as well as Christians, discuss what is truth, what is fact, what makes sense, what does not, what's rational and logical whenever it comes to holy text, and, and so on. I got to have a conversation on the first show with a nihilistic atheist, um, called Atheist Rock Ape or something like that. And and also I've discovered that the Muslims and some of the Christians in the room are really happy whenever they see me. They're always respectful, very nice. And of course they have questions for me. But I think after we've had a lot of discussions, the Muslims as well as myself have discovered we have a lot of common ground and we question a lot of the same things. And a lot of our beliefs are very similar, believe it or not. And I, uh, I talk a lot about that on the radio if anybody wants to get an in-depth idea of it. But one of the things that I notice that the Muslims really enjoy talking about is the Trinity. Does it make sense? And for me as a Christian, I have never really referred to myself as a Trinitarian. I've had a very challenging time accepting the idea that Jesus is God the Father as where there's a lot of Christians on YouTube who seem to jump right at that. They go right towards Jesus as God. I've been in many, many different denominations all throughout my life because my mother got sick. I ended up going into foster care, and I went into many, many different foster systems. Um, there's That's a huge story on why it is I've been in so many of them, but let's just say I've been in over 30 placements, residential homes, foster care, and all that, the system threw me all over the place. And because of that, 98% of these places I went to, they had their own denominations. I think that I've tried everything from Pentecostal to Baptist to Catholic to um, everything but Jehovah Witnesses as well as uh, Latter-day Saints, Mormons. Although I do have a lot of Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons come knocking on my door. Well, let's get to it. There's obviously, there's Christians out there who have a lot of challenging aspects whenever it comes to the Bible. Some of them believe that we're under grace, that we're no longer under laws or works. I personally believe that we'll be judged based upon our sins and works come judgment day, and I have many verses to back it up. I also have the philosophical view that hell is not eternal. Destruction is. The destruction and death of your soul is eternal, but I don't believe that your soul will remain consciousness for an infinity or several eternities or whatever mathematical physics you want to throw into it. I believe that a person's wiped out their consciousness, their personality, everything. And we could talk about that later in video if you like. I've discussed that many times on the radio. But as far as Jesus being God, this is 
confusing for me because there are passages that seem to imply that Jesus is God. However, there are many passages that say otherwise, and I think that this is where Muslims, as well as myself, and people of other faiths, including some groups and denominations of Christians, we really fall into a hole on this, and we really want to understand where people are coming from who are declaring with an affirmative um, positive that Jesus is God. I'll give you a couple examples of the pros that Christians use to try to say that Jesus is God, and then I'll show you the verses where there's a distinction. The first words of John's gospel imply that Jesus is the word of God, that he is the word, therefore he is God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, John 1.1. Now, as you know, Jesus Christ is mentioned as being the word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, John 1.14. Now, you would think with these kind of passages that there's no point of even continuing on with the video, right? Let's take a look at some other stuff. And Jesus claimed to be God by forgiving sins. Only God can forgive sins. That's one of the reasons why the Pharisees went after Jesus, because he declared that he had the ability to wash away sins. His sacrifice was supposed to be within itself the very embodiment of getting rid of sin. Jesus said unto the sick of the palsied, Son, be good of cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemies, that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up my bed, and go into thine house. Matthew 9, 2, 6, Mark 2, 3, 12. Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought and more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. John 5, 16, 18. He declared himself the Son of Man as Lord even on the Sabbath day. This is in Matthew 12, 8, Mark 2, 28, Luke 6, 5. By claiming to be the same as God, he that has seen me has seen the Father, John 14, 9. In John 8, 58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. So, I could go on all day giving you passages. I'll give you a couple more that Christians enjoy using to try to verify that Jesus is God. John 10, 30, 31. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones against again to stone him the father is in me and i in him in him therefore they sought again to take him john 10 38 39 now right off the bat ladies and gentlemen to go towards the con of this god also says that he works through every man that he works through us and that we are his instruments God even tells the Muslims that he works good things within them and that they are capable of doing righteous good things by obeying God and doing as he says. So God already says he's with, within us all. There's a part of God in us all. But does that mean that we're somehow distinguished? Are we not separate entities in consciousness? Are we not? Is the Bible not the living word? And what does this mean exactly? 
Can we not have the living word that lives within us as well? Do we not take upon the flesh whenever we're thinking of uh, being Christians or trying to do our struggles in daily lives? Now let's show some verses where Jesus makes it pretty clear, and there's some parts in the story that make it appear as though Jesus is something else, but not exactly the Father. And try not to get triggered, folks. I'm just sharing the verses with you so you can understand where Muslims and Jews who deny the divinity of Jesus Christ in this way, where it's coming off. But before I say that, I also want to point out that Muslims have shown nothing more, nothing but respect for Jesus Christ. Jesus is one of their big boys in their Quran. He's not just some regular prophet walking around. They also believe that he was born of a virgin. They believe that he walked the earth. The crucifixion seems to be the issue with them, and they also don't like how the writings of Paul seem to contradict the words of Jesus or James. That's what I have learned by being around them as much as I have. The Trinity thing really gets them, and it's something they bring up a lot. So in James 1.13, it says, God cannot be tempted. Yet in Matthew 4.1, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Luke 4.1.2 says, Jesus being 40 days tempted of the devil. Hebrews 4.14.15, Jesus was in all points tempted like as we are. When you look in um, Matthew nineteen seventeen and Mark eighteen ten and 18, And he said unto them, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Now some Christians may say, Well, that's just a, that's kind of like a, one of those rhetorical questions that Jesus is asking to see just what they would say or how they'd react. Fine, I'll go along with that. But if you look at my father is greater than I, John fourteen twenty eight. What does he mean by this exactly? If he is God, then why would he say that he's devalued compared to his own father? I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God, John twenty seventeen. Why is Jesus saying to my God and your God if he is God? Jesus is not the author of confusion. He's not trying to mislead. He's telling you that I will be with my God. You will be with God if you follow. The very definition of Christian is to be Christ-like, to do as you are told to do. What does it mean whenever Jesus said that he come to fulfill the law? Does it mean that he did away with it? According to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 19 and several other verses, he did not come to do away with the law or the prophets of the old. Everything that they say is just as significant and relevant today, whether you stamp New Testament or Future Testament on it or not. John 8.40 says, But now ye seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. Well, if he's God, why is he saying he heard of God for? I mean, why would he say something like that if he actually is representing himself as God? And of course, when Jesus Christ was on the cross dying, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That can be found in Matthew twenty-seven forty-six, Mark fifteen thirty-four, In Mark sixteen nineteen, he says, Though then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. 
If he is God, then he should have ascended right into the throne, should have he not? What does it mean that he ascended to the right hand of God? Why would he take a position to the right hand of God? And might I also include that Christians have also declared that Satan at one point in time, the light bearer, sat at the right hand of God. And Satan was a created being, which, by the way, Muslims also believe that Satan is very real. They believe that the devil does exist and that there is a hell in which people will go to, but they have another word for it. Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. That's in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Jesus Christ, who is on the right hand of God, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. If we look in Acts 17.31 and 1 Timothy 2.5, because he has anointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, Messiah, by the way, means anointed one, for those who may not know that, which the Muslims also believe that Jesus was referred to over 30 times in the Quran as a Messiah, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that have raised him from the dead. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. In Corinthians 15.28, it says, And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto them that put all things under him, that God may be an all in all, and that can be found in 1 Corinthians 15.28. And although his head is God, the rest of him is human. The head of Christ is God. 1 Corinthians 11.3 Now that's fascinating. If we go along with Trinitarians out there, if we go with the people who say that Jesus is God, then we would have to logically assess that God sent himself to the earth to be crucified for our sins. Why is the relationship between Jesus and God as God the Father and Jesus the Son? There is no passages out there where Jesus Christ is claiming to be all this. However, in the book of Revelation, there is another passage, some verses that are kind of unusual that may dictate otherwise, that may go along with Trinitarian doctrine, as Christians call it. In Revelation 1.17, he says, I am the first and the last. Revelation 22.13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Which is pretty fascinating because Jesus did talk about those who are first will be last and the last will be first and all that. So it's a very confusing topic. You can't just sweep Trinitarians under the rug. But you also can't sweep people under the rug who bring up these passages that are valid um, where Jesus distinguishes himself separate from God. There's no question that Jesus Christ had divine powers, that he was given an inheritance and ability and power from God to be able to do the things he did. But a Muslim could obviously, as well as a Jew, argue that Moses and many prophets of God throughout the Bible were able to do supernatural things. The distinguishing factor, though, the difference between Jesus, even in the Quran, was God, for whatever reason, assigned Jesus Christ to be the only man to ever be born without a biological human father. 
that Mary was, in fact, according to their own, their own passages, was born of a virgin, a woman who had never touched a man in that way or had penetration. It also tells you that Jesus Christ, according to the Quran, when the end of time comes, the end of days, that Jesus Christ will be assigned to return to the earth and bring wrath and destruction and judgment upon mankind. That seems to me to be a lot more significant, although I appreciate all the prophets mentioned in all holy books, it is quite clear when you read about Jesus in either book that he wasn't just some guy walking around. There was something more going on here. God had bigger plans for what he had had for the initial prophets before and those who are declared after, whether you believe them to be true or not. There was something special and divine about Jesus Christ. And I think that even a lot of the Jews out there who do believe in Jesus Christ, they would tell you this. There are Muslims out there who can tell that Jesus was a bit more than what the other prophets were. And let's not forget, although there were passages in the Quran as well as in the Bible where men were brought back to life, what did Jesus Christ say in the Quran? Now, this is something I brought up with the Muslims. Jesus, according to the Quran, is supposed to die. Their Quran actually says at some point in time, Jesus is going to die. Now, according to their own book, one of the big things that seems to be missing compared to Christianity is Christianity has an archive of the disciples and those who walked with Christ as where the Quran does not spend very much time, as I think it should, on the lives of the disciples and what they meant to God and their assignment with the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Now, logic also dictates, if you don't mind, for those who are in the Trinity, when Jesus Christ was a baby, how was he controlling the universe at the same time? This was a child who needed to be disciplined and taken care of and fed and given drink by his mother Mary and his uh, basically stepfather or whatever you want to call Joseph in his relationship with Jesus. The Christians are telling us that Jesus, while he was laying in the haystack in the manger, was somehow controlling the universe at the same time. At the same time, he was going to the bathroom on himself. At the same time, he was being breastfed by Mary. At the same time, he was eating and drinking and all this. He required Mary's assistance in taking care of him. But some Christians would have us believe that somehow, while this is all going on, God is taking care of the universe and all of its mechanics and all the wheels that turn. I can completely understand why people would be challenged by this and confused. And when Jesus died on the cross, which Muslims have a problem with, it says that God himself resurrected Jesus Christ, not Jesus resurrected himself. There's many, many things I could go on all day about this. There's a reason why this argument has been happening between Christians for almost 2,000 years, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a big thing with the church. This isn't just cut and dry. It's odd. It's unusual, and I think that we should talk about it. This uh, program that I've recorded will also be on my radio. And 
atheists, religious people, people of all different faiths, you're more than welcome to put your two cents in. And if you think I'm wrong about anything I say, you're more than willing to discuss it with me live, debate it, or just post your comments. God bless.